following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. to church on a Wednesday. Hey, I hope you're doing good. I hope your day has been well. I don't know what all you've been doing while we've been self-quarantining, but I hope that you have you have done some productive things around the house and with the family. Hey, we're just a few days removed from Easter Sunday. Wasn't Sunday an amazing day to worship our risen Savior, Jesus Christ? Come on, it's, it's an amazing thing to serve a Savior that not only died, but we get to say that our Savior got up and we serve a risen Savior. What an honor it is that you would invite us into your home tonight to deliver the Word of God. And I'm excited. I'm very excited about what God is going to do in our time together this evening. And so I want to I recap for you, if you will, um, the moments right after the cross and the moments leading up to the cross and where the disciples and those closest to Jesus found themselves, okay? So, so let's dive right into the word of God this evening. Good Friday has come and Good Friday has gone. Jesus, he's been beaten. He's had a, a crown of thorns placed on his head. He's carried his cross. He's hung on that cross Jesus has forgiven a thief. Jesus has breathed his last breath. Several women, along with Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, have prepared the body of Jesus for burial, and the stone had now been rolled into place. And now we wait. We wait with Roman soldiers watching and standing guard. We wait to see if what Jesus had been saying will really come to pass. As the Bible would tell us, it is now the first day of the week, very early in the morning, and several women came to the tomb carrying spices. They would encounter two men in shining garments who would tell them one of my favorite passages in the Word of God. You, you got to listen to this. Why do you seek the living among the dead and the ladies, the ladies run and tell the disciples what they had seen, that, that Jesus who had died was no longer in the tomb, but they thought the disciples, those closest to Jesus thought that, that these ladies were just telling them idle tales and they chose not to believe their words. And you have to imagine I like to, when I'm reading the Word of God, I like to put myself in their situation. It makes the Word of God really come alive for me. And so I, I put myself in their situation in, in this moment for, for life as those closest to Jesus had known it has just seismically changed forever. Everything that they, they had known and were following and were believing has come to a screeching halt. They've gone into hiding. They've self-quarantined themselves. And, and Jesus, as they had previously known him, was no more. Everything had changed. Would life ever be the same? Would, would life for them ever be the same? And so uh, let me tell you this one question that I feel like many of us in this present day and age are asking in our own lives 
And the disciples were asking this very question just days following the resurrection. Where do we go from here? What do we do now? Where, where do we go from here? Everything that we've known has changed. Our, our life has come to a screeching halt. Where do we go from here? Such a poignant question for you and I today. But Luke chapter 24 would give us a sneak peek into the conversation of two individuals who would be discussing this very thing. And I want to dive into the word of God with you. Luke 24, starting with verse 13, would say this. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, this is amazing. Jesus himself comes up and walked alongside of them, but they were kept from recognizing him. You know the story. And he asked them, he says, what are you discussing? Hey, guys, what are you talking about as you walk along this, this road? They stood still, their faces downcast, and, and one of them, we only get the name of one of them here, Cleopas. He asked him, Cleo asked Jesus, are, 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 you the only, are you the only stranger visiting Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have happened in the last few days? <laughs> Listen, there's, it's been a crazy, everything has changed. Do you not know what's been going on? Really? What, what things? Jesus asked, and I love that. <laughs> Jesus, what things are you talking about? Well, well, about Jesus of Nazareth, Cleo responds. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and before all people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But this is powerful. But we had hoped, they said, that he was the one who was going to redeem all of it. See, we had hoped that he was going to be the one. And it kind of, it, it makes you feel like there's this past tense here, right? Like we were hoping that he was going to be the one that we thought that he was. And we get this, this little window by way of their words into their, their mindset and their thought process. And the Bible continues. And we were hoping that he was going to be the one to redeem all of Israel. And what is more, it's the third day since all of this has happened. And then in addition, some of our women, they amazed us because they went to the tomb early this morning. And they came and they told us, that they had seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. And some of our companions also, they went over to the tomb and they found it like the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. So let's freeze here for just a moment and let me recap with, with what I think they're trying to say in this dialogue. Cleo and his companion we're talking about the events of the last few days of, of Jesus's life, right? And they're, they're troubled. They're discouraged physically. You got to catch this. Physically, they're headed away from Jerusalem to Emmaus. Emmaus was in a different direction from where Jesus was before Jesus came chasing after them. 
And I want you to allow this to resonate with you on this Wednesday night. You've got to catch this. And, and, and it's this, that our lives move in the direction of our words. Think about it, if you would, for just a moment. They're, they're walking away from Jerusalem where Jesus was. They're walking away from hope. The place that they, they had hope where everything was, was going to be amazing. The place where, where they had faith. The place that they were thinking, boy, this is just, this is going to be amazing. Everything's going to work out. Everything is going to be good. And they're walking away from that and they're talking and you read some of their words here. They're, they're talking with discouragement. Man, I can't believe that this is happening. I, I can't believe that this is going on right now in our lives. This is crazy. We've never lived through something like this. I thought that, that this was gonna be different. I thought this was gonna be something that, was, that really was good was gonna come out of this. And so they're physically heading, watch, they're physically heading in the same way that their conversation is heading. How powerful is this? I don't think that, that I've said a more poignant statement in my time preaching and something so valid for where you and I are today in light of our current affairs. And I wanna remind some of you this evening, this is why you and I have to be so careful about getting caught up in any, any form of negative conversation because it's almost as if they were feeding off of one another's disappointment and they're questioning, why is this happening? Why are things going the way that they are? Where, where do we go from here? Life has changed. It's different than what we thought it should be. Isn't this you and I? Isn't, isn't this where you and I are today? Just, just a month ago, everything, life seemed great, or at least it seemed normal. Family was good, job was good, and seemingly overnight, things begin to shift. There was a change in, in life as you and I know it, even if it's for a season, has changed, and it's thrown many of us for a loop, and we're, we're trying to get traction in this thing called life. You thought things were going to turn out really well and that they probably are going to. Let me just tell you, I've read the end of the book and at the end of the book, we win. But different areas of life, you thought that she was going to be the one and, and she wasn't. You thought that job was going to be the one that you were going to get, that you were going to be able to save for retirement only to see somebody else get that job. And I want to say to you this evening that you've got to be careful when you draw these conclusions about your life because the words, the words start expressing your disappointment. And when your words start expressing your di disappointment, you move in the direction of your words. And when you move, listen, when you move in the direction of your words, you, head, you always head in the opposite direction of where Jesus and his plan and his will is. See, you and I, we oftentimes, most of the time, I would venture to say, we don't know what the plan is. 
We're going to be in a place where we don't get to see what's going on behind the scenes. But even though I don't know what he's doing behind the scenes, I've got good news for somebody on a Wednesday that he still has a plan, that he still has a purpose. Just because I don't see it and I don't know every detail of it doesn't mean that he's not moving and working and shaping things for our life. So without knowing it, right, Jesus has joined the conversation of Cleo and his companion. But not only did he join the conversation, they were thankfully open to his words and, and leaning into him in the moment. And Jesus, Jesus is talking and he begins to speak. And I want to tell you this, I, you need to catch this tonight, that Jesus speaks and talks even when you don't know he's speaking and talking. Now, and I'm sure that, that tonight you might be thinking, well, well, I don't know that Jesus has ever talked to me, but, but I would venture to say that I'm pretty sure that Jesus has, has talked to you. But here's the thing, when he talks, generally he doesn't introduce himself. <laughs> Hello, my name's Jesus, how are you? No, 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 that's not the way it works. That's not, that's not how Jesus speaks and talks. But, but my point is this, is when you have an open and a receptive heart, that God will come close to you. He will guide you. He will talk to you. He will encourage you. And I want to encourage you today. Sometimes the Lord talks to me and he sounds a lot like my wife. <laughs> and he might sound a lot like your husband. He can use your kids to talk to you. He can use people in your life to talk. Listen, Jesus will speak when people are listening. When you and I choose to listen, Jesus will speak. And, and these guys on this day, Cleo and his companion, their lives were forever shaped and changed because what he was doing, hear me, listen, listen. He was introducing them. Jesus was introducing them to the after the cross, Jesus. This is so important. This was a Jesus that they had never met before, right? And, and he's like, well, what do you mean? He was introducing them to a, an after the cross Jesus. The scriptures and the verses that I didn't have a chance to read at the very beginning of our time together. Uh, he, he goes back and he talks about Moses and the prophets. And he, he's basically saying things concerning himself, but he's talking in the third person. But, but he's telling things about him and the plan and how it's always been the plan, that God's always had this plan all along. And, and they understood. They started to, to catch it. And I think they understood then better than some of us would understand today. And as they're, they're walking this road to Emmaus, the lights start coming on and, and they still aren't really sure who he is, but, but they're starting to think about everything that they witnessed with Jesus in the past and the idea that, wow, you're showing me scripture. This is, this is really happening. Yeah, this is, this is it. A Jesus who bore our sin and carried the shame kind of Jesus, a, a, a this side of the cross kind of Jesus. 
And I want to say to you today that Jesus on this side of the cross where we find ourselves today is not a Jesus that's just for Cleo and his friend walking the road to Emmaus, but he is a Jesus who is for anybody who says, I am a sinner that is living a life that needs a change of direction. A Jesus on this side after the cross is a Jesus that you and I need to get to know. And I think we need to celebrate the idea that there is an after the cross Jesus. There is a Jesus who has been resurrected, who is fully alive. See, they thought it was over, but it wasn't over. It was only just getting started. Wow. Let me continue with the story here this evening. After they had heard the words of Jesus, if you jump down to verse 33, it simply says this, that they got up, I love this, and they returned at once to Jerusalem. They got up and they hightailed it back to Jerusalem. So here they are on this stretch of road, seven miles that would change their life. They went on on this day, they had been walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus from hope to discouragement. They were walking and talking from a place of hope, walking toward a place of discouragement. And then Jesus, Jesus got involved in the situation. And when they hear his words, they even say, said later in verse 32, did not our hearts burn within us? See, when you hear Jesus, when you hear the words of Jesus and he's really given an audience by you and you give him time and you give him an opportunity, he will speak into the greatest needs of understanding that you have in your life. And hear me, he may not always explain every detail to you. He may not give it to you exactly like you want it, but he will connect the dots in such a way that you can move from a place of confusion to a place of clarity so that you can go from being apprehensive to being absolute, knowing that he is who he said he is. And so they're, they're headed one way, but after, after talking with Jesus, after he shows up, they get to Emmaus and they're like, we, we don't belong. We don't belong in this place of Emmaus. And I've got good news for you that there's some of you who are listening and watching online right now. And I want you to know that even in the midst of what you're walking in and the current state of affairs that we're living in, hear me closely, you do not belong in Emmaus. You don't belong in a place of discouragement, a place of disappointment. That is not where you need to be living right now. In light of the recent events, you have begun a journey to Emmaus and you may be smack dab in the middle of Emmaus right now, but scripture says this in verse 33, that you need to rise up this very hour and move back to Jerusalem. You need to move back to a place of hope, a place of peace in your life. You need to get back there. And as I hasten to a close this evening. Luke chapter 24, verse 33. Let me read this to you. So as they, they rose up that very hour to return to Jerusalem, and guess who they found? Yeah, this is amazing. They found the 11. 
And those who gathered with them saying, the Lord is risen indeed. And he has appeared to Simon. And they told about the things that had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. And this is amazing. This is, this is so power, powerful to me, church family, as they were talking about Jesus to the disciples. Guess who shows up in the midst of them? Jesus himself. As they're explaining what happened to them, guess who showed up? Isn't it amazing that when you begin to talk about him, he has a way of making himself available. I wonder what your life would look like. I wonder what self-quarantine would look like if you started talking about the good things of Jesus and you just allowed him to show up on a Monday and show up in your life on a Tuesday. I'm just telling you, your days would start to get better. When you talk about him, he has a way of making himself available. So Jesus makes himself known to the disciples and he begins now in this moment to commission them, to talk to them about what's to come in the very near future and watch what he says. I love how the book of Acts puts it in Acts chapter one. Watch this, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them, do not depart from Jerusalem, not yet, but wait for the promise of the Father which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, they had come together. They asked him saying, Lord, uh, will you at this time restore the kingdom um, of Israel? Is this when it's gonna all happen? And he said to them, listen, it's not for you to know that there's still some plans that you don't know the details. It's not for you to know times or season which the Father has put in his own authority. Listen, you may not know the plan, but just because you don't know the details of the plan doesn't mean that there isn't a great plan in order. Verse eight would say this, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall, this is so important. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So let me summarize this, this moment for you. Jesus is talking and he's talking to the people that he loves the most. And he says, listen, I know, I know that things have changed for you. Even on a dot, you didn't see it coming. You had no idea. I know your plan, your plans for your life have suddenly changed. I know that you've been tossed around. I know that you don't even know up from down in this moment. I know everything that you've been trusting, you're questioning and you're wondering what is going on. You're asking yourself, where do we go from here, Jesus? Everything has changed. And Jesus would say this, let me, let me tell you where you go from here. John 14 and 12, he says, see, I'm gonna go to my father. And when I do, this is powerful that you're gonna do greater works than I because Acts chapter one and eight says you're gonna receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, I've gotta get you out of an Emmaus mindset because I've got a plan that you don't know the details of, but if you will trust my plan, 
It will be a plan so much greater for your life and for the history of the world that you can even begin to comprehend. I've got to get you back to Jerusalem. I've got to get you back to a place of hope towards a plan that is much bigger than you. I got to get you back to a big place. In fact, let me let you in on a little bit of the plan. Here's a little bit of the plan. When you get to Jerusalem and the Holy Spirit has given you power, see, from there, then I want, this is part of the plan. I want you to move not just to Jerusalem, but then you're gonna move into Judea. You're gonna move into Samaria, and then you're gonna go to the other most parts, the end of the earth. And you're going to share the good news of what it is that I have done for my people. See, this is the part of the plan that you, I know you didn't understand it, but you're going to do greater works than me when I am ascended to heaven. It's coming. It's coming. You've got to trust. You've got to trust my plan. How appropriate. How appropriate is this conversation given the current state of affairs that you and I are currently living in. I know, listen, I know, sir, I know, ma'am, that many of our lives have been turned upside down. I, I know that, that things have changed. I know, I know that the jobs aren't what they were. I know that there's fear and anxiety in the world. I know that you may be feeling confused in this moment. And I know that some of you are wondering, where, where do we go? Where, where do we go from here? What's it gonna look like? What, what is life gonna look like? And I want, listen, I wanna introduce you to somebody. I wanna introduce you to a, a this side of the cross, Jesus, that when everything has changed on a dime and you're wondering where we go from here, that he would show up in your world. And he would allow you to move from a place in your mind of Emmaus, but back to a place of Jerusalem. Because when things don't make sense, he says, you gotta trust my plan. You gotta trust my plan. So, so where do we go from here? You start making your way back to Jerusalem, to a place of hope. And I'm, I'm gonna go to my father. And you, your plan for your life, I'm telling you, Though you can't connect the dots right now, the plan that I have for you, you're going to do so much greater works than me. And so let me ask you tonight, where does the church go from here? As I hasten to a close, where, where does the church go from here? where I'm preaching to an empty building. Things within a month have turned on a dime and changed in an instant. Where does the church go from here? Can I tell you with everything that I have that the big C church, we refuse to retreat to Emmaus, but we choose to charge towards Jerusalem. We choose to charge towards a place of hope. And can I tell you, we have been commissioned to move, not just to Jerusalem, but now we're gonna move into Judea and to Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I believe with everything that I have that God is gonna bring a revival through all of this that's gonna blow the mind of the big C church. 
that the plan that he, though we may not understand it, we refuse to retreat, but we're gonna move forward in the name of the Lord with everything that we have. And there, listen, there is no greater time than right now for the church to rise up and be the church. There is no greater time in history than right now, hear me church, for you to stand up and say, I refuse to move to a place of disappointment and frustration, but God has a plan for our life. And this is the moment when he's commissioning us to move back to Jerusalem and then move through Jerusalem to Judea and Samaria. This is good, listen, there's no telling how many people are gonna be saved and their lives are gonna be radically changed because they're being reached through the internet. Can, have you ever thought about that? That God is gonna use, how can we get to the uttermost parts of the earth? Maybe right now there's somebody in a different country who's never heard the name Jesus. They got on the internet and they had no clue in their Facebook feed was gonna be somebody preaching about Jesus and, and somebody that they were connected to shared the post. And now they're learning about, about who Jesus is. Listen, God's got a plan for the church. Where do we go from here? We're being commissioned in this season to be the light of the world, to stand strong, to stand and shine bright in a dark season. Can I tell you, the church wins. The church will go forward. God's got a plan for your life and God's got a plan for the church. Can I tell you that the local church is God's plan A and there is no plan B. God's got us. He's for us. We're gonna march, listen. We're gonna march into Jerusalem and Judea. We still have a mission, even though things have changed and it, and it may look a little different in this season, we still have a purpose. We still are here to help Jesus seek and to save the lost. And though it looks differently, the mission hasn't changed. God's got a plan and a purpose for his church and for his kids. And I want you tonight, listen, I know what I've preached to you is a very simple thought, but in this season, it's very important for you to watch the words that you speak because you, if you're not careful, you will start walking in the direction of your words and unintentionally you will move to a place of disappointment and frustration. And Jesus would say, you don't belong there. Get back to Jerusalem because once you get to Jerusalem, you've got other places that you need to go share the gospel to. So tonight, I wanna pray for you. I wanna pray for your minds in this moment because I think a lot of our battle is right here. It's right here between our ears, it's in our minds. And it's right here, this little thing called the tongue that we struggle with what we, what we talk about. We struggle with what we post on social media. And I'm telling you that if you will start to talk about the good things of the Lord, you will be amazed at the direction that your life starts to take. So wherever you are in this moment, listen, maybe you're gathered around your couch. Maybe you're gathered around your kitchen table. Would you bow your heads with me? Maybe you're with your family. Why don't you just grab them? Grab them by the hands in this moment. Lord, right now, God, I pray for my friends. 
who are watching from their home as I preach to a, an empty auditorium. But Lord, I know, God, I know that the plans that you have for your children and for your church are so amazing. And I know that in light of our certain circumstances, that it kind of clouds what in our minds, we, we're not sure what it looks like. Everything is changed on a dime. And we're, we're asking, where do we go from here? But Lord, I've come tonight to bring a word from you that says you still got a plan and a purpose, even when we don't see it, even when we don't fully understand it. And I pray, I pray that we would win the battle in the mind, that fear and anxiety has no hold over your children, Lord. You still have a mission. You have commissioned us to go to Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria. And so we will, we will charge forward. The church will move forward. Bless us, keep your hand on us. And we're so grateful for your plan and your purpose in our life. For it's in Jesus' name I pray and everybody said amen. Amen. Hey, thank you for, for jumping in on a Wednesday night. Thank you for leaning in. God bless you. Have a great rest of your evening. We'll see you on Sunday.